0: Well, if you check out our SoundCloud page on the internet at soundcloud.com berea210 or go through Facebook and be a link to that, you'll find that 40 of our 294 tracks focus on the Psalms. And for the most part, the Psalms are human beings speaking to God. Scholars have tried to help us understand this book of 150 poem songs by describing the different kinds of different types of psalms human beings being human beings and people being people you know the time to count psalm that is most frequent in the book of psalms lament or complaint that type usually starts with a description of some difficult situation and ask god begs god for relief Psalms of lament or complaint may also anticipate relief and then promise to give God credit for deliverance. And then their thanksgiving psalms, they kind of reverse that pattern. They look back on some difficult situation and give thanks to God for helping get through it, get out of it. Well, for example, the 30th psalm recalls the psalmist being delivered from dire straits. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought me up from, you brought my soul up from Sheol, restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. That was a deliverance. And then there are hymn psalms that praise God and praise God's, like creation of the world, God's law, that is the Torah or teaching of God, God's wisdom. And a subset of those hymn psalms is composed of the nine royal psalms. And we'll focus on a royal psalm today. But before you go thinking, royal psalms? Wait just one minute. We're Americans. We don't need no stinking kings. Let me remind you that even though royal psalms were written way back when kings like David ruled Israel, Jerusalem got conquered about 587 B.C. or so, 2,500 or so years ago. And after that, they didn't have any kings either. Well, what I'm telling you is that this psalm has been included in the Bible, not because of kings, but because it teaches something about us and something about God. Whereas one of my favorite preachers says, we read the Bible because it tells the truth about us and because it tells the truth about God. The Bible telling the truth about us enhances our trust. The Bible telling the truth about God enhances our faith. So listen now for God's word for us in the 20th Psalm. The Lord answer you in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary, and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your victory, and in the name of our God, set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord will help his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with mighty victories by his right hand. Some take pride in chariots and some in horses, but our pride is in the name of the Lord our God. They will collapse and fall, but we shall rise and stand upright. Give victory to the King, O Lord. Answer us when we call. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The writer of the 20th Psalm was in a situation a lot like we were in after 9-11. On the Sunday after 9-11, the churches were full to overflowing. Our nation had been attacked. Thousands of people had died. People were angry and afraid, in serious need of comforting, reassurance, and hope. We needed a saving word from God. The truth is, though, that we had that very same need the Sunday before 9/11. Now, maybe you remember what church was like that Sunday after 9/11, but do you remember the Sunday before? On that day, the Roland family we we went to visit an Anglican church just a few blocks from our house. We'd never been to one, and we were curious. So it was a new and, as it turns out, very different experience. They did a whole lot more reading than we're accustomed to in Presbyterian services. And there were two or three different books you had to kind of juggle, and they were all in small print. So I had a lot of fun trying to keep up, you know. But the thing that stood out to me was that they prayed aloud for three particular people, Charles, Michael, George. We kind of figured out who they were. But we just weren't used to hearing their first names. And we weren't used to praying for them quite so personally. You see, at that time, Charles Meeker was Raleigh's mayor. And Michael Easley was North Carolina's governor. And George Bush was America's president. But there that morning, we prayed for each of them by their first name. Now, after Will Williman left his job at Duke Chapel to become a Methodist bishop, he'd come back every once in a while to preach at Duke. Now, one of those Sundays when he came back, a lady in what preachers call the Enjoyed It line (laughs) told him that, (laughs) that she had left the Methodist church and become an Episcopal. She said the one thing that she didn't like All those prayers she had to read, like at the Anglican church visit. Well, Williman said the good thing about such formal prayers is they make us pray for people we might not even think of, people we might not like at all, but people who, like all of us, were standing in the need of prayer. Psalm 20 starts off as this kind of prayer, asking God's blessing on the king. The first five verses use 11 verbs to express wishes of the people praying. The Lord, answer your prayer in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob, protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard your favor, your burnt offerings. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May he shout for joy over your victory in the name of our God. Set up your banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions these 11 verbs express prayers we can pray for our leaders too even if you don't like some of them and prayers that all of us really could use well that's the first cover. then all of a sudden in verse 6 psalm 20 takes a quick turn if this were one of those tv chase shows that you'd hear the brakes squeaking around it's a big major turn (laughs) The we turns to I. The plural corporate prayer turns to singular, personal prayer. The wishing turns to prediction, anticipation. Now I know that the Lord will answer his anointed and answer him from his holy heaven with mighty victories. And then there's a contrast between those who put their trust only on military might and those who trust in God. Some take pride in chariots and horses. But our pride is in the name of the Lord our God. They will collapse, but we shall rise and stand upright. Now, don't get misled here. You'd know good and well the armies of Israel did not leave their weapons back home and go into battle unarmed. Nobody does that. The difference was where they put their trust. For our safety, for our freedom, we all count on the armed forces and we give thanks for them and pray for them every week. But our ultimate safety, our ultimate protection and freedom, for that we trust in Almighty God. The last verse of the twenty Psalm asks God to give victory to the king. Well, that Hebrew word for victory can also be translated salvation. And what's translated here is the king. Well, it's the Hebrew word for one who is anointed. I'll tell you the Hebrew word, Messiah. Our salvation is what what the old hymn calls victory in Jesus, the Messiah. Well, the first verse of this psalm asks God to answer in the day of trouble, and the last verse asks God to. Answer, answer us when we call. We can take heart because God hears our prayers and answers us. The 34th Psalm says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. If you've lost someone close to you, if you've been hit hard by some sad news, you know what it's like to be crushed in spirit. The, in First John and writes a promise. This is the boldness we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And the 29th chapter of Jeremiah includes a promise that's often quoted <clears throat> at graduation time. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future filled with hope. But then, through the prophet, God makes another promise. When you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me, God says, if you seek me with all your heart. Are you disheartened or discouraged down in the dumps? This week I found out within 18 or 20 hours, I found out that three people I really liked had died. And later I was trying, why am I I kind of feeling down? Well, I felt lost. We can all get disheartened, discouraged. But arise and take heart. Are you weary, worn out, and wandering without purpose? Well, arise and take heart. Are you frustrated, flabbergasted, full of fear? Arise and take heart. If you are looking for, listening for the take home, one sentence message of Psalm 20, here it is. Arise and take heart. Thanks be to God. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble and the God of Jacob protect you. May God send you help and give you the support you need to face the challenges of your life. May God grant your heart's desire and fulfill your plans. May we together shout for joy over God's work in your life. And may the Lord bless and keep you until we meet again. Amen.